and good to see everyone out there today. Um, man, I got to tell you, uh, I cannot believe we're in the middle of August right now. Uh, it is, I don't know if the last five months have went quickly or they've went slow. It, it just seems in a lot of ways like a blur. It, it's hard to keep track of where we are. And, and to be in the middle of August, a little bit shocking to me. We continue to deal with this global pandemic and and continuing to see just the shifting and the changing going on because of that. We, in our country, are still facing the realities of racial tension and the hopes of, of healing and, and moving to a better future for all. And one of the most beautiful realities that we've been considering over the last few weeks as we started this Forever Change series is the reality how struggle and, and difficulties they move us and they grow us. They, they help us to become more and more like Jesus. And, and we've been looking at that week after week. I, I made a, a statement at, at Rancho Marietta. It's awesome, by the way, to be here with Temecula today. But my main kind of overarching umbrella is this. And when we can trust that, that God's good work is about changing us, how he's moving in us. And, and through us, he's, he's moving through us, right? then I believe we can find hope in today's uncertainties and struggles. And we can continue to see the work of God in and through our lives make a difference in the world around us. But I've also come to realize that I can't force growth. <laughs> you know, it seems like anytime I, for me at least, I sit down and say, all right, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna grow, I, I lose traction really quick. I, I lose traction and growth is hard. And putting effort into that kind of becoming more like Christ, growing in my maturity, it's not something I can oftentimes force. It's something that happens through life, right? How many of you have looked back in your life and said, man, now I see where some of that growth took place. I didn't see it at the time, you know, but as I look back, it's like hindsight's 2020. I can see the growth. I can see how things were working together and helping me to grow into the person that I am now, a person that is more mature than I was before. And so it's this looking back that we can find strength. Like right now, if you're struggling with seeing growth in your life, well, consider the times where you did grow through difficulties and allow that to strengthen you. Allow that to say, okay, I know that whatever's going on, that I'm growing, that things are happening that maybe I don't see as clearly now as I will when I look back. And that's what we hope this series is. This series, in a sense, is gonna be something we can look back to and see what are the areas that we forever changed during this 2020, at least for me as, as, as someone in my 50s, is, is the most like, chaotic, fascinating, difficult year so far that I've ever faced personally. And I could look back and we could look back and be reminded of what God did in our lives during these times. And that hopefully that those changes, the changes where he redirected our focus and, and helped us to see things differently, that those changes will be forever, right? That we won't just go back to the way things used to be. And so we've been looking every week at that, that knowing that the greatest growth comes through struggle. Then we looked at empathy 
how empathy towards others is the very heart of God that we see in and through Jesus Christ. And man, when we can grow in empathy and so many people have responded to the question, how have you been forever changed with this idea of empathy? I'm thinking of others. The whole, I mean, there's a, a way that something like this even draws us closer together to the rest of the world. And we begin to see and consider other people's interest in what's going on. Then last week, Scott talked about rest, rest, finding value. And in the busyness of life, so many people have been finding rest. They're not commuting as much. They're at home a little bit more. They, they're finding themselves seeing the benefit of taking a break and it's just not go, go, go and being able to rest a little bit more. And, and, and our hope and, and my hope is that when life, the more life gets to be normal again, that I don't just go back right to the busyness. Just don't jump back in, but allow this to actually change me. These are some powerful changes that we've been hearing about from so many people, powerful things. And it takes concentrated effort, right? takes concentrated effort to make those kinds of changes permanent. So as we learn and as we grow and we see things have changed, then how do we implement those into our lives more so that the change just doesn't go back, but it continues. And in a sense, kind of becomes these new habits, not forgetting what's been going on, not forgetting about how we've been growing, but, gr but continuing to move forward in it. You know, as I was thinking about that this week, it took me back to the book of Joshua. Man, if you, if you think about the children of Israel, right, in Egypt, being in slavery, coming out of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, 40 years in the wilderness, and then finally they cross through the Jordan River. And as they cross through the Jordan River and God stops at the river and they get to the other side, the promised land, the promised land that was promised that they were gonna get back to so many years before. Now they're entering this promised land. After all this stuff and life they've been going, through. And it's just so cool because they, they say, take these rocks, right? And they go and get these rocks and they put them on the side of the Jordan and they, and they make this little rock structure. And in Joshua, they talk about why they're doing that. Joshua chapter four, it says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean, right? So in the future, when the kids go, hey, what, what's up with those stones over there? Why is there this rock structure that's sitting right by the shore? What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the river was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed, when the, when the ark crossed over the Jordan into this promise and the waters of the Jordan were cut off, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Isn't that cool? Remember, remember what God did in your lives, right? Remember how this whole journey happened. Remember, and I just want to encourage you, man, how might you place those stones in your life, right? Like somehow do some, and we're going to talk a little about that today. Do something that's going to help you remember. And that we will forever be changed in these areas. And continue to grow. Grow through struggle. Empathy towards others. Learning how valuable rest is. And not just busyness all the time. And today we're going to get into a subject that's one of my favorites. You know, it's something that I've tried to focus on in my life for many, many years. And it is a conscious everyday, uh, there's a conscious everyday need to focus on these kind of things for me. Because it's easy to revert back. And we're going to be talking about being forever changed when it comes to appreciation, gratitude, thanksgiving. I mean, they all kind of tie together under this big umbrella. And, and how many of you have struggled with that? I know I have. 
you know, struggled with these kind of things like appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness. And some of that is because, man, my longing to get back to getting to do the things I want to do in the way that I want to do them. You know, it might be like the understanding that I just want to go to a restaurant and go inside and be able to sit in there. I want to go back to my gym again, right? And be able to work out with people around me. I mean, I'm kind of a person that works out in my garage, but I know people that they could never do that kind of stuff because it's that community that's so important to them. These freedoms that you feel have been taken from you. I don't want to wear a mask anymore, right? I want to, we're learning right now, I want to be able to visit loved ones that are in a hospital or, or going through recoveries or going through things. I want to just go to regular church and not have all these like regulations on me. I just want to get back to normal. Man, I remember for me, one of the big things was, and this might sound totally like, I don't know, dumb and selfish, but when they stopped, you couldn't go surfing. Remember that back in the beginning? They closed down the beach. And I mean, I, we are watching things online on the surf cams as the you know, lifeguards are pulling up and calling people out of the water. And there was talk about people getting arrested. I, I just want to be able to go to the beach. And then they opened it up, but no parking was open. You had to walk a mile or two. Man, for many of us, this has caused some difficulties. And hearing from people that it's caused them to appreciate things that maybe they took for granted, right? Be grateful for things that just were normal, everyday things they didn't pay attention to or thanksgiving in areas that have changed their lives. And I believe it's an important topic to look at. It's an important topic to look at. It's not easy to have those kind of attitudes when things are going on around us like they are. All the struggles, all the confusions, all the uncertainties. That doesn't always breed gratitude, thankfulness, right, and appreciation. And it could be so much easier to complain. It could be so much easier to point fingers at everything and people around us and looking at just what's wrong with the world around us. The natural tendency, at least for me to fight, is to not just start doing the blame game. And you're hearing it all over the place. And you kind of have this like, it's so easy to just have, yeah, but negative kind of thoughts, negative kind of ways of talking about things. And unfortunately, for me, it's like I hear it in the church and I hear it with Christians so much. And so that's what I think makes focusing on what we're gonna focus on today even more important. And no longer to be just taking for granted things that we did and actually paying attention to the ways that we can redirect our focus and our heart. I heard it said many, many years ago, And I think it was John Piper that said it. But he said, the Christian life is not a life of perfection, but a life of fighting. The Christian life is not a life of perfection, but a life of fighting. And you know what? I believe the fight to appreciate, to show and have gratitude and to be thankful is an important fight to engage in. It's an important fight to engage in. And I hope that as we look through the scriptures today, we kind of look at some of the teachings, we'll see why. We'll see why, because it's not just valuable for you and your soul, but I think it's gonna be valuable for the world around us, especially in our current culture. 
you know, this week I looked back at the messages we've done since this like lockdown and the pandemic. Matter of fact, the first message I had was like lockdown message one. I remember we were talking about that back then. Oh, it's going for three or four weeks. We had no idea. If you were with Rancho Murrieta or, you know, we were in uh, Rachel, she's our, our, our lead campus pastor there. We were in her house and, and doing stuff in there. And back then, uh, my first message was on attitude and effort. That was what we were focusing on, attitude and effort. As someone that coached baseball and with my sons and grew up with a coach as a dad, um, attitude and effort were like hammered into me as a kid. And, and as I raised young men and, try, and, and baseball teams, I would always look at a team and say, hey, there's only two things you can control on the field, right? Attitude and effort. There's so many other things that are out of our control. There's so many other things. I mean, no one walks up there and says, okay, my effort is to strike out, right? Or to have a ball go through my legs or to have the, the ump make a bad call. All those things are kind of out of our control. But how we control our attitude and how we control our effort, it can be so powerful in our lives and through our lives. And that's what we looked at right at the beginning. And, and so here we are, right? I mean, here we are now, I mean, five months later from that point, five months later. How chaotic is the world still? Terrible things still going on. Difficult struggles happening. Crazy uncertainties about what's gonna be the outcome upon the, uh, uh, of all this. And then just sitting in the reality that in three months, there's gonna be like a presidential election in our country. And, and I'm just gonna be honest with you right now. Uh, no matter who wins, I have a hard time seeing that, that chaos isn't just gonna grow from that. I mean, when I'm looking at what's gonna happen, you know, in November, I can't help but realize that, you know what? It's gonna be interesting. And I have a feeling that more chaos is going to ensue. So as we get, as we got responses back to the question, what has forever changed in your life? Man, I was so stoked about people talking about appreciation or gratitude and thankfulness. I do a men's group on Friday morning. We meet on Zoom. Anyone can join it. It's online if you want to. And, and I've heard so many men just talk about that. Talk about this is something that's changed, appreciating things that maybe they just took for granted, forcing themselves to be grateful, giving thanks, even though, man, life has take, taken such a, a crazy turn for them. And so that, those answers have been really cool, really cool for me. And, and I believe that for us as, as Christians, for us as followers of Jesus, for us as a church, we can shine more brightly in this world if we can grab hold of this reality and we could have this become a focus of our lives. I really do. I mean, now is the time. We've always said, man, it doesn't take much to shine in our culture. It really doesn't. And I wanna tell you, man, when we shine when it comes to appreciation or gratitude or thankfulness, that shines bright in a world where what we're used to is complaining, arguing, pointing fingers at who's the problem, and, and that just seems to darken things and, and bring things down. And it continuously moves me back to a portion of scripture in Philippians chapter two. So I first just wanna run through Philippians chapter two. We're gonna look at quite a bit of it, just kind of run through it because this gives, uh, to me, get, has given me a vision so many years ago of why this topic is so important. So look at Philippians chapter two. It starts off with just having an attitude that's the same of Christ Jesus. So as, as Scott started off with this attitude, that growth to become more and more like Jesus, 
as we looked at the very beginning of Forever Changed, we looked at this portion of scripture. Who being in the very nature God, what is his attitude, right? He didn't consider equality with something to be, uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Equality with God, something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being found in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man. I mean, he humbled himself, right? Became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you see this humility in Christ, humble himself becoming a man to the point of death on the cross for an ultimate purpose that all knees will bow, every tongue will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the king that reigns over all. And then he goes on, therefore, because this is true, right? My dear friends, have you, have you, as you have obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good pleasure. Now, I wanna stop on this. And I have a different take on this than maybe some people do. And, and I'm gonna share with you my take on this because it's really impacted me. And if you might not agree, you might agree, but this is the deal. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I think what Paul was writing to this Philippian church was writing to a church that was full of fear and trembling because of the, the persecution that they were facing. Paul is in prison writing this letter. They are concerned for Paul. They're anxious for Paul. When they talk about be, don't be anxious for anything, he's talking, I think about, don't be anxious for me, right? God's using me here. God's using you there. Continue to move forward. We're, continue to work out your salvation. Continue to work out your life in Christ, even in the midst of a culture that was full of fear and trembling, the culture that they found themselves in. Because it is God working in you. Just like we've been talking about this forever changed. It is God growing you through all that. And man, that just, I sat on that this week because I'm going like, well, we are in a culture where there's a lot of fear and trembling. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of chaos. We don't know. And I could see this message being the same to us, right? Continue moving forward. Even when maybe you're scared, even when maybe you're uncertain, even when maybe you feel lonely, even when it's hard, even when you feel like you just want the freedom to move forward, keep working your salvation out, even in the midst of times that are full of fear and full of trembling, because it's God working in you. To do what? To work and to act according to his good purpose, right? You know, and, and such a beautiful thing. So then this is the part then, right? It goes on. Do everything then without complaining or arguing. Do everything then without complaining or arguing. How I needed to hear that this week. How so many of us need to hear that message this week, right? So do everything without complaining or arguing. Why? So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like the stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Is that not just so encouraging? 
to shine like stars. Man, shining like stars, you see throughout the Old Testament, you see throughout the life, Jesus teaches on that, right? Put your lamp on a hill to shine brightly. This idea that we are like the stars shining in the universe, holding out this life that we believe is in Christ. And that, that, that sh- we don't shine brightly when we argue and complain, right? I believe we shine brightly when we appreciate when we show gratitude, when we're thankful, that's when we shine. And we hand and we show and we're holding out this words of life, this kingdom of God that is ruling and reigning in and through us right now. Nothing's gonna stand against God's kingdom moving forward. The kingdom of love, the kingdom of mercy, the kingdom of justice, right? Nothing's gonna stand in front of that or in the way of that. That will continue to move forward no matter what happens on this earth. Justice, mercy, and love will continue to move forward. And then look at what Paul goes on to say right after that in verse 17. I mean, again, writing from a prison cell, writing from a place of great suffering, he says, but even if I am poured out like a drink offering, man, I don't even, you know what? That is such a crazy statement. If my life is poured out like an offering, like if I'm killed or beaten or imprisoned or whatever, you know, if I am poured out on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. In the book of Philippians, he talks about rejoicing and being glad and thankful so many times. And man, can you imagine getting that letter from, from someone that kind of has been your mentor and, and been your pastor and, and he is in this place of suffering and place of being in prison and then he writes this letter to you and this is what you get from him, right? You're just like, whoa, you know? And maybe you were like in, in Philippi and you're like complaining, arguing, look at those people in the government, they're doing this and they're doing this, they're doing this. And Paul just like, yeah, let's hear how Paul wants us to go after it, right? And you get, they get this letter and they go, whoa, you know? Rejoice, be glad. And over the years, as I've read over and over and over again, the letters of Paul to all these different churches, his constant encouragement towards appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness is in like every book or letter he writes to them to make an effort to live this out daily no matter what they're facing and going through. Look at some of these verses, Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Later on in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. To the, uh, the, the letter to the church in Colossae, in Colossians chapter four, verse two, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And of course, probably one of my favorite verses, it's my go-to verse, has had the deepest impact. I'd say this verse might be one of those ones that had the deepest impact on my life and my heart and my mind, how I should focus on things. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, notice it's not like I'm giving thanks for these difficulties, but in them, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So again, it's worth fighting for, right? It's worth focusing on and prayerfully seeing this this forever changed in and through our hearts and lives. Because when things around us are falling apart and seeming to just have no end in sight, 
if we can find the heart and the attitude and the focus to show appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness, and, and, and that becomes like what we determine that we are going to be about, I believe we are laying a foundation that will not be easily moved, not now and not forever, as long as we are here going through stuff that life throws at us. And, and you look through history, right? I mean, yeah, this is new for us, but <laughs> history is crazy the things people have gone through, cultures in the world. In, in that sense, it's nothing new. It's new to us. But I believe there's a foundation that we won't be moved from, that, that, that circumstances and things around us won't dictate our attitudes and our hearts and our lives as much, right? But we will be finding this faith and this power and this joy and I believe also that we'll then be, we'll be finding our lives shining brightly, right? Maybe more bright than you ever could have imagined. Because right now, right? Right now is the moment that we can shine brightly. And it's not going to come by arguing and complaining, right? It's going to come, I believe, by appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness. So appreciation, appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness will not only transform your soul, but it has the power to change the world around you. Now, notice what I said right there, okay? This is important for me. Like, the, the world around you. Let's just start there. Without a doubt, man, there's policies and things going on and bigger things that, yeah, we got to be a part of. Some of you get the opportunity to be a part of those things more than others. And, and that's amazing. There are some churches that are having such a profound impact in their culture and, and working with what's going on in their culture. And other smaller churches is more with the world around you. Maybe you're someone that you're feeling like so overwhelmed. It's the world around you that you will shine brightly. And that's where it always starts. The world right around you. And don't ever, we've talked about this so much here at Ranch, right? Don't ever back away not believing that your life brings the kingdom of God, starting in your home, in your neighborhood, in your community, and in the world around you. It starts there. And I've always sat there and thought, man, if everyone in the world like took on this calling of the scriptures, like how powerful would that impact everything? So, so I want to close our time, and I try to just think of three things to consider uh, in these areas. Just hopefully three practical things. Maybe you're someone that, man, appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness is just, man, you just live into that. I know people like that, and they're such a blessing all the time to be around. Or maybe you're someone that needs kind of a little help to reshift and redirect in a little bit, and I, and I pray that maybe these three suggestions might help you. The number one is this. Appreciate the little things that are so easy to take for granted. Appreciate the little things that are so easy to take for granted. Man, there is a lot of things we experience every day that, that we can just take for granted. And if we can begin to see those and appreciate those, it can begin to change, you know, our appreciation and how it flows in and out of our lives. One of them is just life itself. I, I know that might sound so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, as I've looked at just different articles and listened to TED Talks, and man, this is not just something that the Bible teaches it into. All around the world, people are trying to talk about this reality. How do we become to appreciate just the simplest things? In Acts chapter 17, verse 24, Paul says something to this, these, these philosophers in Athens. He's talking to these Greek philosophers, different religions, different backgrounds, different thoughts. And in verse 24, he says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of the heaven and the earth. He does not live in temples built by hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needs anything. And then I love what he says, because he himself 
gives all men life and breath and everything else. I realize how simple this be, and, and I don't wanna sound trite, but I'm telling you in my own life, to learn to appreciate life and breath each and every day can set my mind into a direction of appreciation every day, every morning. I mean, we are still in our culture daily reminded of George Floyd's words, right? I can't breathe. A, a, a statement that has impacted our whole country. And I guess I just wanna encourage us all today to let those words create for us a little bit more appreciation that we have life and breath and that our lives matter today, right? Because, because we have another day and however that works, God's given us another, however that works, I don't even know, but I know that I'm alive. And if you're listening to me, you're alive. That means our lives matter today. It can matter and that's a beautiful thing. So that's the first thing, it's just that of the simplicity is that. I mean, I've also found myself looking at nature a bit more and just watching the flowers bloom, seeing the green grass, the blue sky, and just paying attention. And I'm not like that. My wife's the type that we're driving around, she's all, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that flower, look at that plant, oh, that's what I'm with. And my boys and I just drive in the car and I'm out, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she'll go, did you even see it? And I'm like, uh, okay, what were you saying? And she has helped me to become so appreciative. Man, just this morning, I, I go, I'm trying lately, just go outside in my backyard in the morning, sit on some pillows and just thank God for nature. And I'm sitting there this morning and I'm just thinking and I'm looking at just what's around me, trying to get my appreciation going, right? And this hummingbird came by my face, stopped at this plant and it's right there. I'm thinking this thing's gonna pluck my eye out. I'm not lying. Who gets scared of hummingbirds? I was, I was like, this thing's way too close. And it's looking at me, then it ate our little plant and flew away. And at first I was, and then I go, oh my goodness, I'm being challenged right now to just go, oh, that was beautiful. Wow. And maybe that could help you just to see the beauty of stopping and appreciating what's going on. Psalm 115, 16 says, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth has been given to man. It's been given to us. And I think we don't often appreciate just that simplicity around us. I know that I've been challenged to do that more. I still remember when this, when the whole pandemic and lockdown started, you know, spring was kind of coming and I was sitting in my garage talking to someone on the phone and here was this, you're, you're hearing things are gonna change and death and lockdown and hide yourself and this is gonna be, and then I sat there and I was looking at the tree in my front yard and the leaves were just starting to bloom and I just said, man, nature, you know, in its very basic beautiful self, man, is not affected right now. Like we will see life growing out right now of the winter death, you know, and the life of spring. And I just remember that moment. James 1:17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. How do we learn to appreciate? Okay, something weird has been going on in my heart lately. I've been appreciating my dog more than usual. <laughs> like just the other day I came home and she's curled up in our chair and when I walk in, I go, hey, everyone, I'm home. I look over at Phoebe. She's our little Boston Terrier. And I saw her tail just going. And I just, my spirit was lifted. 
And you know, my dog can care less about a pandemic. My dog can care less about the uncertainties of life. You know, my dog just wants to be there, love us, serve us, and be part of our lives. And man, she's been teaching me a lot. It's like, I wanna be a dog to more people in their lives, you know? Just when they enter in, oh man, you know? How much of a blessing, what have we done to deserve dogs? I say that often and I believe it, but those are just some of the little things. The second thing is this, is be grateful for the people in your life that help, you, that help ground you and strengthen you. Be grateful for the people in, you, in your life that help ground you and strengthen you. Over the past few months, my, my wife and I have faced some circumstances that created a lot of fatigue in our lives. Probably more fatigue than we've ever faced. We've been married for 26 years and um, it, it, a lot of things have been very heavy. One of which is my mom has lived with us for the past year. We brought her in her home and she lives in, in this constant high level of pain that is um, moaning, groaning, hardly being able to move and it is wearing. And, and we, all might, we always feel guilty, like here she's the one in pain and we're the one getting wearied by it. Watching a loved one deal with that has been so, one of the most difficult things my wife and I have dealt with. And both of us have made an effort to reach out to people, to reach out to people to talk to. That's not our norm, right? I mean, over our years, we've been the people that they reach out to. Like we found a lot of hope in having them. Even my mom reaching out to us, needing us. I mean, it feels good to be needed. And as 25 years in ministry, we've been needed a lot. And that's our norm. We've never wanted to be that those, that couple that are in need of others. But man, over the last four months, we have needed others and there have been people there and we've reached out and asked for help and it's made a huge difference. And we are so grateful for those people that have helped strengthen us and ground us during this time. I, I went back to Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, just, man, where two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one, uh, they get a better return for their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. Man, if you're alone, I want to encourage you. We're talking a lot about what's your next, how you can move forward, how you can take a step in the right direction, right? And a lot of that is joining a group, coming to the marriage um, you know, retreat that we're having. Uh, there's going to be all these different groups and opportunities, celebrate recovery. Don't do this alone. Reach out. I've had so many people reaching out to me for just counsel and spending time together and just, you know, do it. My wife and I did, and it gave us strength. They go on, it says this, and on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth with each other, but how can one uh, be warm alone? Isn't that so true? It's like that coldness of life when it just feels like ah, all the excitement is drained. It's important to be with other people. And a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, for a triple-branded cord is not easily broken. And being grateful to those around you, telling them, can really become a powerful change in your life. Right now, a lot of people feel the weight of, I need people. Then reach out and find people. We have Zoom groups going on. We have men's groups, women's groups, marriage classes. Find someone. Join a group. Take that next. It's important. And I know it's difficult for some of you to do it, but it's time to do it, right? My wife and I did it. It wasn't easy, especially for my wife. A little easier for me, harder for her, but we stepped out, and we're so glad we did. And the third and final thing is this. Give thanks that God is always with you no matter what is happening. Talked a lot about this over the months, but my 
Thanksgiving is I try to have my Thanksgiving not be focused on just the circumstances going on around me, good or bad, whatever. I mean, every time something good seems to happen, something bad can come out of it, right? That's just a slippery slope. To sit there and think that, that, you know, how God's moving in your life is about how he's shifting stuff around you. No, it's about what he's doing in me and, and how I know that he's here with me. Focusing and believing and trusting that God is with me. He can bring us comfort and strength and guidance and peace in our hearts and minds, no matter what's going on. I believe that with all my heart. That is something that I feel as certain about as anything when it comes to my Christianity, that God wants to move in my heart and mind to give us this peace that he came to bring to all people. And it doesn't matter what's going on. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not us. This treasure, he's talking about the spirit of God in our frail bodies, right? We have this treasure, the spirit of God opening our eyes to the beauty of God that we see through Christ and empowering us. Look at the empowerment. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. So many people are finding that. They're finding even in the midst of this that I'm growing and I'm moving forward. And man, I feel stronger today than I did six months ago in areas of the heart and soul. And that's something to be thankful for because we're always carrying around our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed by our bodies. And this verse can create some thanksgiving for sure, right? In the midst of craziness. My mom, who I talked about just so much pain, finally got in to have hip surgery this week and got a new hip put in. And so far it's going good. And we're thankful for that. She's had to go to a rehab center, and that's hard because we can't see her talking on the phone every day. That's hard. But, yeah, we could be thankful that she came out of that surgery good and we're good. But that's a circumstantial thing. It's the same thing over the last couple weeks. We have lost a couple people here in our family at Rancho that has been devastating for us. And it's caused a lot of grief and mourning together, and it could be difficult. But God is with us, and his peace can rule and reign in our hearts and minds, even in the midst of the most difficult things. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus ending his life here, his time here on earth said, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And then later the writer of Hebrews kind of says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, right? That is something to be thankful for. And it takes setting our hearts on that so that we can always be giving thanks. I wanna just end our time with a little challenge. I just wanna challenge you on something. And, and I, I wrote down these three by five cards and I wanna encourage you to do that. Well, these are like five by sixes or whatever they are. But, and, I, and I just wrote these things down. Someone challenged us to do that. And I, was th- I had these with me this morning. And I just want you to write on one of them, I appreciate line. On the other one, I'm grateful for. And then on the third one, I'm thankful because. And fill those things out. Do that today. Don't say you're gonna do it tomorrow. Do it right when you're done listening to this and put these cards. What area of simplicity, of appreciative, the simple things in life, what's that thing that you can be grateful for that you maybe take for granted? I'm grateful for this person, this person, this person. Put names down. If you can't think of a name, it's time to find your next and move forward in that. We need that. We can't do this alone. And then I'm thankful to God because of his presence. How has he shown you his presence in your life and during this? Write that down. Put this on a mirror. Put this in your car. Put this anywhere where you see it every day. Start your mornings for the next week or two or month or forever 
to have this be part of your life so that appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness becomes something that has never changed, right? That through this time, as you've learned to have the force to do it, you never go back. And when temptation starts to come in to complain, when you're just about to send that text or make that post to attack, go grab those cards first and spend some time thinking, meditating, and praying that you might focus on these things. And I trust that the spirit of God that is with us will begin to change our hearts and attitudes so that we don't argue and complain, but we show gratitude, we show appreciation, we show thankfulness, and our lives shine so that we will choose appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness. And it might not come easy all the time, but I tell you, it's a great place to focus on so that we might be forever changed in these areas. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for the constant reminder through the Bible to appreciate, to show gratitude, and to be grateful, and to be thankful. May this be a time for us to redirect our focus in these areas, and may we see it change our soul, change our heart, change our mind, change us, but may we also believe that as we live into this, may we realize that our lives as an individual, as a community, as a church can shine like the stars in a crooked and depraved generation that we would hold out your word of life. What a beautiful promise. May your kingdom come and your will be done in and through us for your glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, just thank you so much for joining us today. I wanna let you know that on Tuesday, I do a little noontime nugget at Rancho Marietta Instagram, and we'll be talking about this message. So if you wanna join us on Tuesday at noon on Instagram, it'd be awesome to have you there. Hope you have a great Sunday, and we will see you next week as we continue our series. God bless.